Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Join Pastor J.D. now as he continues to implore people to make a decision for Jesus Christ. According to the biblical prophecy timeline, J.D. believes the second coming is nearer than anyone can imagine. For those who believe in Jesus, the rapture is coming. For those who don't, judgment is coming. Where do you stand? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 25th, 2020. All right, let's get to it. we got a lot to get to again today. God has given us a God-given intellect to be able to comprehend and understand. And so I would just ask you to put on your God-given thinking cap, because we have a lot to go over today. What I want to do is something that I haven't done for the better part of two years, which is to list the top 10 Bible prophecies. And actually, I went into my archives to revisit prior updates and look at some of the prophecies that made it on this top 10 list. And I realized that it really needed to be updated, especially in light of the commencement of COVID-19 at the beginning of this year, which I think you would agree has changed everything in this world so much so that it will never be the same again. The world we once knew is gone. And now what is ahead is exactly what we're told in Bible prophecy will be ahead, according to God's Word. If you'll kindly indulge me, I want to go through the list of the top 10 Bible prophecies in play today, that are being fulfilled at what seems to be warp speed. I choose that phrase for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. Now pictured here is, at a glance, the top ten prophecies with the Scriptures in order. I want to go through it real quick first, and then we'll take a look at each one of these. At number 10, I have the mocking of Bible prophecy and Christians who long for, watch for, are ready for the rapture, the Lord's return. This is 2 Peter chapter 3. At number 9, I have the sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria. This is a prophecy in Isaiah 17.1 
and also Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 23 through 27. At number eight, it's the Allied invasion of Israel from Syria, led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey, who will be at the helm. This is Ezekiel 38 and 39 with it. At number seven, I have massive earthquakes increasing in frequency and intensity. This is Matthew 24, 4 through 8, Luke 21, 10 and 11. At number six, increase of wickedness, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, Luke 17, verses 26 through 29. At number five, along with it, the increase of lawlessness. This is Second Thessalonians, really the entire chapter, but uh, more specifically verses 1 through 12. Number four, a global cry for peace and security. This is First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 3. At number three, the intoxicating obsession with dividing Jerusalem. This is Zechariah chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. At number two, the confirming of a seven-year peace agreement with many Daniel 9.27, clearly a prophecy in play today, right before our very eyes. And at number one, last but certainly not least, and this is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today, it's this forming of a one world religion, a one world government, and a one world economy. And you can find these prophecies in the book of Revelation, namely chapter 17, and chapter 18, but what we're going to look at today is the well-known passage in Revelation chapter 13, specifically verses 11 through 18. All right, that's the top 10 prophecies at a glance. Uh, If you'll kindly allow me to, I'd like to take a closer look at each one of these, starting with number 10, and the mocking of Bible prophecy and Christians, the ridiculing of Christians who actually still believe Imagine this, that the Lord's coming back. Oh, come on. Really? My great, 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 great grandfather's grandfather's dog thought the Lord was going to come back in their lifetime, and still he hasn't come. That's basically a very loose paraphrase of what the Apostle Peter says in his second epistle. Let me read verses 3 and 4 of chapter 3. He says, above all, You must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and, here we're told why by the way, following their own evil desires. Oh, that's telling. They don't want the Lord to come back because they're enjoying their evil lifestyles and their wickedness. More on that in a moment. Verse 4, This is what they're going to say, and I would venture to say that there's not a one of us in here that hasn't heard someone say these words in a different form, but basically the same gist of it. Here's what they're going to say, Peter says. Where is this coming? Where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, Everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Well, at least they acknowledge creation. Well, not so fast, because Peter's going to go on to address how they deliberately dismiss and forget 
that God created and then God destroyed the creation when God judged the world. Let me just say very quickly, in the interest of time, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Judgment is coming. But you know what's coming for the believer? Jesus is coming. And He's going to take us out of this world before the judgment comes upon this Christ-rejecting world. That's what's coming. And it's very close. Number nine. This is a prophecy about Damascus, Syria, very specific, found in Isaiah 17.1. A prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins. Over the last several years, particularly the last, I want to say probably two to three years, we've focused on this specific prophecy and its relationship to the next prophecy on our list, which is the Gog, Magog invasion of Israel in Ezekiel 38. Because this allied advance and invasion of nations comes from Syria. And what makes it so interesting is that to a nation, they are in Syria at the ready, waiting for the green light, if you will. And what's really interesting about that green light, it's God who puts the green light up with the hook in their jaw to bring them against His people and then they will be dealt a devastating defeat. And then when they are defeated, God declares, I did it this way at this time for this reason, so that they will know that I am the Lord their God. That's Ezekiel 38. Let me just real quick read verses 1 through 6, and then I also want to read verse 13, because that is a (laughs) detail in this already detailed prophecy that speaks to exactly what we saw on our news feeds this last week. So, the word of the Lord came to me, verse 1, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, Prophesy against him and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing their swords. Verse 5, now we have the list of nations that will be a part of this alliance of nations, and they're listed by their ancient names. First on the list, verse 5, Persia, Iran, Cush, and Put will be with them, all with shields and helmets. Also, Gamar with all its troops, and Betogarma from the far north, with all its troops, the many nations with you. And then verse 13 gets very interesting, because we're told that Sheba and Dedan 
and the merchants of Tarshish and all her villages will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to seize much plunder? In other words, Sheba and Dedan and Tarshish and the young merchants are all going to just question this invasion. They're not going to be a part of this invasion. And the question is very clear. Are you coming to take what Israel has, the prosperity that Israel has? Is Israel prosperous today? You better believe it. And that is the purpose of this invasion is to take from Israel this loot, this plunder. And Sheb and Dedan and others with her are going to protest and question it. Do you know who Sheb and Dedan is? Saudi Arabia, that area that we know today as Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates et al. Does that sound familiar? Just this last week, the announcement of Sudan, which is kind of puzzling. Some have suggested that actually Sudan is a part of this alliance of nations that invades Israel. But all of those Arab nations in that area are all now coming and to the table, as it were, and they are normalizing relations with Israel, exactly as the prophet stated some 2,500 plus years ago. And it's happening right now. Again, this ties into what we're going to see here in a moment. At number seven, I have massive earthquakes increasing in frequency and intensity. I've been following this particular prophecy uh, for the better part of 30 years, actually. I gave my life to the Lord 38 years ago, and this prophecy in Matthew 24 has always intrigued me. It's on the heels of a question that Jesus is asked by the disciples concerning the end of the age and His coming. What are going to be the signs? And so Jesus answers their question, and in verse 4 He says, watch out, first one out of the chute, listen, watch out, that no one deceives you. Oh, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Let me just parenthetically say that one of the markers of the last days will be deception. The Apostle Paul echoes the words of the Savior, the words of warning concerning deception. Now verse 6, he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, better understood as threats of wars, along with the wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. It's just the beginning of the end. <laughs> and then he says this, verse 7, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Very interesting. We see this on our televisions and news feeds today, and I'll explain why I say that. The original word in the original language of the New Testament Greek for uh, nation is ethnos, where we get our English word for ethnic or ethnicity. 
You know what Jesus is saying? That race will rise up against race, ethnicity against ethnicity, kingdom against kingdom. And then he says, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then verse 8, he says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. In other words, he takes this, this list that I just read, and he says, all of them are going to be like birth pains. What do we know to be true about birth pains? They come in greater frequency and greater intensity. So then wouldn't it stand to reason that we should be able to go back, not very far, but we should be able to see an increase of intense earthquakes like labor pains? Yes. Pictured here is such a chart. It's generated by One Path Publishing. It was in the documentary by Ingenuity Films called The Coming Convergence. I highly recommend it. And it's a chart compiled from the USGS sensor data, and it shows earthquakes with a magnitude 6.3 and greater. Notice, from 1920 to the present, the increase. And what really has the experts concerned is that it's just a matter of time before said earthquakes will trigger volcanic eruptions that could potentially create these massive landslides into the ocean, exactly as is prophesied and described in the book of Revelation during the seven-year tribulation. Number six, increase of wickedness. Not lawlessness, wickedness. We'll get to lawlessness next. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 26 through 29. Just as it was in the days of Noah, what was it like in the days of Noah? Genesis 6, I encourage you to read it. Particularly verse 5, where we're told that <laughs> they were so wicked, get this, they were so wicked that they would invent new ways of being wicked. They would wake up in the morning and think, hey, what wickedness could we do today? That's how wicked they were. They only always continually had evil thoughts and inventions and actions. They were so evil. So Jesus is saying, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They're going to be that evil, that wicked. And then he says, people were eating, drinking, marrying, being given in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. Need I remind you what it was like in Sodom and Gomorrah? It's pretty graphic. I would venture to say that the account of what took place with Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah is, as we say it, too much information, TMI. I really didn't want to know that about when the angels came to get Lot out, what Lot did. <laughs> 
what the people there in the city tried to do. I I don't want to know that. No, you need to know that. Why? Because that's what it is today. I tell you, it's getting worse. Maybe I don't need to tell you that. You know, I, I heard they added a couple letters to LGBTQ. Oh, you heard this too. I wonder how many letters they had in Lot's day. Hmm. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, partying, buying and selling, business as usual, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. You know what Jesus is saying? Uh, That's what's going to happen now, because it's like the days of Lot. It's like the days of Noah. And by the way, uh, this is a type of the pre-tribulation rapture, because before even one single fire or brimstone came down, Lot was taken out. In fact, that was the rush. In fact, there's a detail in the narrative. It's very interesting, because Lot hesitated. So did his wife. We know what happened to her. I don't mean to sound, you know, humorous about it. It's kind of sad, actually. But even Lot hesitated. And we're told that the angel of the Lord grabbed them by the hands and took them out by force to get them out. Because the judgment was coming. The fire and the brimstone was coming down, but it could not come down until Lot was taken out. That's the pre-tribulation rapture. Lot is a type of the church taken out before the judgment comes down. Number five, increase of lawlessness. I don't think it's possible to overstate the prevalence today of lawlessness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, really the entire chapter, but I'll read verses 7 through 10. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, that's the Antichrist, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve, interesting, the lie. Not a lie, the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refused to love the truth, and so be saved. Who's the truth? Jesus the Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Number four, I need to keep moving here. A global cry, almost an insatiable quest for peace and security. The end of the world is going to happen. And it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.